Hey, welcome everybody to The Full Life. Today, we're excited to be with you again, and we're thankful for you to be with us. Um, today's topic is going to be a little bit tricky one, but hopefully it's a chance for us to not only share, but grow together as we talk about church hurt. So welcome, and we're so glad you're with us. Welcome back to The Full Life for all of our viewers out there and to the new viewers. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we hope this show uh, brings you some hope, some clarity, some peace. Uh, we strive to really bring Jesus to you as our community, our body of Christ, the four of us and all of our guests today. We're going to talk just the four of us, but we're going to talk a little bit more about church. And as you saw them at the top, Hank, Jenny, Carolyn, hello, everyone. Hi, hey. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. It's like so my, my good time of the week. I get to be with my friends. <laughs> so let's start with some good church community of fellowship that we have every week. Let's, what, how is everyone's week? What's going on? What good stuff happened? I, I have to tell you, I have had like a blessed week. All of us moms are getting our kids back to school and we're all of us feeling stressed, feeling, I mean, it's just all the things, all the moms are shaking their heads. We know it's stressful, it's exhausting. You're trying to get it all together. Some of us have more than one. So we're doing all different ways, emailing, it's just been crazy. So, you know, you're praying the whole time. So, but this week, my daughter, she went to, to look at, she loves to row. She's on the crew and she had to switch a new crew. And, oh, she's tough as nails, man. She, she is so good. And I, I told her, I said, just come over and try this new place. And she's like, no, mom, you know how they get, you guys know what I'm saying. It's like, it's a no before I even get there. And I'm like, well, I understand that. Let's just try it. She ended up getting there, loved the kids, loved it all. And I was like, Lord, we worry about all these things and God, you've got it in your hands. And I, God is just really teaching me every day. And I know you all will understand this, that Carolyn, everything you're worried about, mm -hmm. I've really got it. And if mm -hmm. you just trust me, um, I'm, I'm going to take you through it. But man, it's to, just to slay that worry and that fear, right? So, I saw you post that about your daughter and I thought that was really precious. Oh, I was just. I also was, love your new. I love your new tradition on Sunday nights with your dad and daughter uh, dinners. I, I saw that too. I know my daughter. She loves to cook. We're big cooks around our family, and I think Jenny is too. We love to cook, and my daughter's like, I want to do something with dad. I'm always cooking with you, mom, and so he's like, I'm in, and so they pick something, and then they just wing it. I love it because then I don't have to cook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my kids, they they love watching this this TV show, uh, or the, um, not, not TV, it's a, it's, a, it's a YouTube program, but it's called Binging with Babish. And the guy takes recipes from TV shows and movies, uh, oh. and, and then he recreates, um, you know, like in Goodfellas, when they're making their prison gravy, if you ever yeah. saw Goodfellas, he will take it and go, okay, let's make prison gravy. And then he oh, makes the prison gravy. And so oh, wow. you know, the, the ultimatum from some uh, show that the kids watch. So the kids were really excited. My boys, they ordered the cookbook because they wanted to make this stuff. So um, I was like, all right, they're going to get the cookbook and make this stuff. And they're like, look, mom, the cookbook, you can make this tonight. You right. know, so it didn't I, really them make this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I think they didn't really get the cookbook to make the food. They got the cookbook to so choose. you can food. make it. Me make the food. Oh, but, there you go. 
did help me last week. We actually did work together on one of his dishes. I forgot what it was. It was like a pasta dish that was supposedly so good. The guy actually got a tattoo of the pasta on his arm. But we have a Martha Stewart in our family. Who she, Serena's already decided she's going to be Martha Stewart. Oh, really? Oh, yes. okay. Okay. Serena will have to come and cook with she's me. The next time. Martha Stewart. Anyway, Hank, how about your week? Oh, man. Um, I was actually going to go in the school direction. Um, but I mean, the big one is I'm just excited that as much as it's crazy what's cool, our kids are still really excited yeah. um, to learn. So that's been actually refreshing for me because I'm just like, oh, there's just so much to deal with and think through and all that. But they're super, super excited. Um, like today we went and picked up a computer that the school is providing a Chromebook for the kids and Six-year-old was over the moon with it. It's now her <laughs> computer and excited. Um, but I think just a, a, by a, another different take was this weekend we got a chance to have some family come visit us. And we had a, a pretty festive feast, uh, not celebrating anything except just being together. Um, so that was a lot of fun because one of our family members um, also had extended family who passed away. Um, and with all the pandemic stuff, hadn't really left the house for several months. So this was like um, just a chance to be together and to just to laugh and eat lots of good food. Um, I'm always a sucker for that. So that was good. It was good to see them. It was good to see them all. And it was good to see the kids and the kids to play together. But yeah, I would say kids being excited to learn and just getting a chance to eat and hang out with family. Um, probably two things I take too much for granted, but was really blessed by just the last couple of days. So it was Love a week it. of food this year, this week on what? in our lives. You, Joseph. Well, uh, that's it. Well, we, you know, my my wife uh, teaches from the set of the Full Life four days a week when we're not taping on this show. <laughs> so that's been a, that's been a learning curve. Um, but um, no, I actually had something that I I had my mana moment for the week that I wanted to to uh, share with all of you was actually it was from. Two weeks ago, I finally did my first show. I did one pilot back. Uh, it was production is starting again in Los Angeles. And um, there was an issue with my computer and I had to pay for a new computer and I had to rent one and that was 50, that was $65. Um, and I was only getting 50 of it covered. Okay, so I, I you know, I'm going to, through the company. So, okay, I'll have to deal with it a little bit. Well, what happened was it didn't, they didn't give me what I needed on the rental. So they marked down the price to $50. So then that was clean. And then after the fact, the, my, the production company decided to not only give me the 50, but give me 50 extra. So I just wanted to say, God just doubled all of that in an instant. You know, it was not just, I covered 50 and I was cold. Then I was multiplied. I was 100% wow. full. So it's a little thing. It's $50. But I just want to, I just went, because I was all stressed about, you know, you know, this is a tighter time. And I was like, well, okay, we've got to deal with this. We'll just make it work. And I just heard, keep trusting, keep trusting, keep going along the path. And not only did he make it whole, he doubled it along the way. Wow. So, so there you go. There's a man a moment. And what I love hearing is also testimonies from people watching the show. And so one person who's a big fan of the show is um, someone who has worked with my parents for 35 years, saw me as a one-year-old in the crib, in the physical therapy studio, you know, and they, uh, and she's been watching every week 
and she just texted me. She was a few episodes behind, but she was, you know, they unfortunately that one company had to let her go with the pandemic. Um, and uh, so she was looking for a job and she watched Seth's show about worry. And she said, I, I just felt good. I didn't have to worry about it. I'm just going to focus on God and, and, and know that he's going to come through for me. So okay. we are we are impacting people's lives. We're not doing this in a bubble. We're doing this for people out there and we're changing their lives. Right. So, so I wanted to share that with all of you too, because we are thrilled that that's actually really being impactful. And I certainly know last week after the Iowa show, uh, you know, there were there were yeah. the thing the the organizations we promoted, mm -hmm. they were reached, they were so thankful that we were promoting that to to try and give them some help. Certainly the people were helpful, uh, very thankful for the help. They were just, so I'm, I'm really proud of what we're doing is basically, you know, what I wanted to say. And thank you to all for being here every week. Now let's turn to something more serious. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but in truth, in truth, you know, churches are a wonderful place of community, a wonderful place where we can have the fellowship we just had. We can have so much support from the forum, from our church communities, but every now and then uh, we're all humans and we're all humans that make up the church. So we all have, we're all fallible. And so right, uh, willingly or unwillingly, or, you know, knowingly or unknowingly, we can cause some hurt either as leaders uh, as as congregants together in fellowship, whether we do it passively or we do it actively, I've seen it all different ways, but we can cause some hurt to our fellow church members. So that's what we wanted to talk about today and really how to focus on your faith in the middle of, uh, in middle of potentially being hurt by someone else uh, in the church. So let's start with our own stories. Have you ever been hurt in the church? Have you ever been church hurt? Hank. Don't <laughs> jump in at one time. Yeah, right? Um, yes, I think this is, I don't know, this is a big question. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what's the simplest way to answer. Um, yes. <laughs> the simplest way to answer. Um, I think part of it is that, yeah, church is people. Um, and people, even if they mean well, um, can hurt. Um, I also think, though, there's also like even defining hurt. I think there's a lot of mm -hmm. us who maybe put up barriers and there's a lot of us who maybe don't. Like, so I know a lot of times in these situations, I didn't realize the impact on it until like years after um, as well. So I think whether it depends on how you define church, is it people or institutions? Um, and then even hurt, is it, you know, something that you felt now or will feel later, or is this something that you just got to keep moving on to? So, yeah, I guess the short answer is yes. Um, and I think it's because that as long as we're people in relationship with each other and closeness with each other, right. um, it, it's possible. And I think it's especially possible we take our eyes off of God and each other. And so, yes, I think there's a lot, I think, Sadly, I think most people who are part of any institution, um, including the church, will be hurt by that institution or people. So it's just the world we live in. Well, that's right. Uh, yeah. So, Carolyn, did you have a story? Well, you know, I think it is funny. We always have a saying that says, you know, the church is imperfect because as soon as you walk into it, it's imperfect. That's right. And I, I, you know, I have mixed feelings even talking about this subject because uh, 
I think to say that all of us have been hurt. I don't know want to say that it's a church hurt all the time. Maybe it is a church because there mm-hmm. I've had several friends that's that's that have um, been, there's been a churches that are unhealthy and there's been manipulation or there's been abuse that has been happening. And, and that's very real. And, and we need to be able to talk about that. I think sometimes people are hurt and they go into the church and because they're hurting, the offenses happen all over again. Sometimes it follows us. I, I think there's a lot of different things. I mean, of course, I mean, I've been to say that we all haven't been hurt by the church. I think Jenny and I were talking about it earlier. I think we've all been hurt. I think that there's been times I, and I, I, I fear to say it because to be honest with you, I've had some really, really deep hurts from people inside the church that have tried to destroy our lives and a lot of other stuff. But I always made a choice that I was never going to speak about it because if it didn't glorify God, why talk about it? You know, and so, but I'm not saying that's the right thing for everybody else because I'm going to make that very clear because there is people who have been abused. They have been hurt. There's been a lot of things that have happened inside the church that I feel like they need to talk about it. And um, they actually need it to come clean. So I think that you have to balance it out. Can I say that? And it'd be okay to say that. I I think you have to really balance things and you have to really get help from somebody that can help you talk it out. Because I mean, I think that there has been a lot of hurt. Well, and that's sort of where I was coming from with the topic yeah. today about t- being able to talk it out. You know, we're kind of talking out in this forum, but yes, I agree. You need someone to talk it out with, to process it, and then move on to glorify God. Um, Jenny, what is your perspective before I share mine? Go ahead. Well, you know, I, it, I'm kind of with Carolyn. It, it's a tough one for me because I I'm, I live my life in, in a way, and I'm not saying other people don't. I'm saying this is me personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was taught personal responsibility by a wonderful man um, named Brian Clemmer. And, um, but I have always had that kind of in my life. Like, you know, uh, my husband says, Yara Pui, you know, you are responsible for the position you're in. That doesn't mean that everybody that's been hurt is responsible. Yeah, but right. it, it means taking this kind of personal responsibility and stop blaming other people for any, all of your problems. There are times you can look at a situation and say, okay, how did I walk into this? What was my attitude in the situation? What did I bring on? Carolyn, I love that you said, you know, some people walk in with hurts and so they kind of just foster this. And I know that the younger generation, the millennials, shall we say, talk a lot about church hurt. And you know, I think there are some that are. Um, I think there are pastors. You know, part of the reason I, I talk Hebrew roots and I teach Hebrew roots is, uh, is because I saw pastors teaching messages that were actually anti-biblical. And um, I, that bothered me. Uh, but I, I there are some people I'm thinking of that recently. I remember there was somebody going through kind of a hard time. It was being kind of nasty to other people and someone, you know, into the church and really anti-God and anti-church. And I, I remember the excuse that I heard people saying was, well, you know, they were really hurt by the church. I went to church with this person and I know them very well. And I finally was like, yeah, yeah. And then I went, wait a minute. When? What exactly were they hurt by with the church? Because I know their story intimately. And nothing in their life compared to the things that I personally walked through in the church. I mean, we're talking about where we were working for a church and when we felt the stirring of the Holy Spirit, that there was a new season in our life and we felt we could tell the pastors and trust that the information 
to them. And people said, don't tell the pastors, they'll fire you. They'll, you just, you keep that secret and you build your own thing until you're ready. And I was like, that's dishonest, man. If I feel stirring, I'm going to talk to them. And, and them, you know, all of a sudden saying to us, okay, well, if you're not with us, you're against us. And even though, you know, we agreed to keep you on for six more months, you're fired as of next week. You know, I mean, I could really honestly say church hurt, but yeah. I never looked at that as church hurt. I just looked at that as life. And so when I look at some of this person in particular, I'm thinking mm -hmm. of that people are like, oh, they were so church hurt. I look at it and go, I know that person's story. I know everything intimately that happened with them in the church. There is not a time that I could say that they were church hurt. It, it became an excuse, in my opinion, hmm. for a backlash um, against the things of God. I, I'm just saying that in, in some people's lives that I've seen. Now, that's not to say, like Carolyn said, there are people that have been genuinely, genuinely right, right. listing stuff that really was hurtful. Mm -hmm. I'm yes. telling you, I would not tell you, I would not sit here and sit here and say, I have church hurt. I have hurt. I have wounds from the church. I have like, okay, that happened. I probably should have maybe listened to some of the wisdom of some of the people saying to me, probably not a good idea. So I took some responsibility. So I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I, I say that it's a hard one for me because I don't do victim well. And I don't manage victim with other people. As a pastor, I struggle. And I'm honest in that. I yeah. struggle in that area um, because I just feel like we are, through Christ, we're more than victors. What, do you, what, what are you whining about? Get up and recognize Christ is your source, not some person. So that's kind of, you know, just my raw truth. It doesn't mean my yeah. raw truth of where I, I'm at. Carolyn, I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. No, because you're saying something. It, it's in, I, I'm feeling you so much because I, I feel like this is a, a two-edged sword here because I think there is the personal responsibility. There is the other side of people who have been genuinely hurt. I mean that, let's just say it. I mean that there is people who have had wrong motives, pastors who have had wrong motives, who have taken advantage of people. They have manipulated people. They have drained people dry of their money. I mean, there is so many things like that that we can say, but man, to me, that's not really the church. We are the church. I get that. But that is um, a people problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's a character issue. And I, the only reason why I bring that up is because I think it's so easy, especially in our day and age where the church is so under fire. I think that's why I'm so hesitant um, in my spirit right now is the church is so under fire. I think that we need to really help people separate it out. Well, but Jenny, I, 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 you know, in terms of it being a people thing, you know, in it, the way I would do it, and I was going to bring this up, was those times of transitions are usually, I find, where leaders in the church or even members can really have opinions, have thoughts, have, and then that's when a lot of the times the hurts can happen. So I have to say, I don't think the pastor was appropriate in the way you would, were treated, don't you? I mean, so no, that I don't think, say, yeah. you know, I so in terms right. of people responsibility, you know, it's like, yeah, that part of life, but he doesn't get off first doing that. No. Yeah. No, they even admitted a few yeah. years, uh, a few months after they said to the incoming people that took our position said, man, we really, we really just threw them to the wolves. They admitted it. But here's the thing yeah. for me in that season, I am so thankful for that season because it taught me such incredible trust um, yeah. My provision came from the Lord. I mean, we were family of four cut off without any insurance, cut off without any income. And then you add to that that the Holy Spirit put on my heart that he was calling me to a season of rest. And he actually said very clearly, as you rest in me, I will be glorified in you. And we had nothing, but it was when, it was the season that I learned that my hope could not be in a man. 
My strength was not in a man. It had to be in God. And so I guess because I really acknowledge that and I really did cast all my cares on him, you know, and there were times I was frustrated. I'm going to be honest in the beginning, yeah. I made a commitment. I'm still going to go to this church. I am still going to go because I told everybody we're not leaving out of offense. We're leaving because God said to do it. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be there anyway. And truth be told about a month in, I went, this is too hard. I can't do this. This is too hard. And and so we weren't able to go there week after week because it was it was hard. Um, so I'm not going to say it wasn't hard. Um, so and I'm not going to say that they were right. But I do believe that God, because my heart was to not condemn them and I honored them and I looked at people and I said, don't you dare leave this church because of what they did to us. If God has called you to be here, you don't leave because you don't like the way they treated us. You only leave if God gave you told you to go. And I think because of that, God sustained us in that year. Mm -hmm. Brian and I have never once at any church ever with any ministry ever burned a bridge. We've had ministers. My gosh, I could list the names of ministers we've worked for that promises. Oh, I'm going to bless your socks off. I'm going to send you a check better than you've ever gotten and never, ever sent us a penny. We've had these multiple times, but it's just this attitude we've taken on to say my mom would always say to us always when we were kids, take no offense, take no offense, live by that. And I guess because I've lived by that, it doesn't stick to me. So it doesn't mean that they didn't do something wrong, but it doesn't stick to me. And so I have a great relationship with these people to this day. And I would rather have it that way personally. Again, that's just me. I'm not saying it's right for everybody. That's just been my personal yeah. experience. Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's complicated um, in the sense of, yeah, I mean, first, I don't think you can measure people's trauma. I don't think you can measure levels of hurt. Um, I don't think... You know, one person can get punched by Mike Tyson in the face right. and bounce back. And another person can get punched <laughs> by a 90 year old grandma and not bounce back. Right. Like, I just don't think we can do that. I also struggle a little bit with um, this idea of I, I, I know people who've generally been hurt by church and I don't think they're being victims. I don't even I really struggle with victimization language because I feel like it puts more onus. This is my personal feeling puts more onus on the victim than the people doing the hurting. You know, I, I've sat with people who are in abusive relationships and then their pastor or their church board or elders tell them that like, well, this is yeah. what marriage is. You just got to grin and bear it. You know, like it's hard for me to look at that person and be like, stop being a victim. Um, I've seen people um, in my own life, you know, like I, some of the most racism I faced are from church leaders um, and horrible things they've said to me. And I've seen people who, you know, the horrible thing they said wasn't what hurt. What hurt was people who'd be like, I don't agree with them, but, you know, that's just their role right now. You know, so for me, it was like, it's one thing to be like, well, that's terrible. Um, I disagree with it. But it's another thing to be like, it's terrible, but we just got to allow it, you know. Um, and so I, I just think that this is way more complicated mm -hmm. for some people. Right. And I've also mm -hmm. sat with people who've been abused um, sexually, for example, by church leaders. So for me, that's why I say I struggle with victimization right. language because I just like, how do I look at them and be like, stop being a victim? Why is this sticking to you? Right. Um, and then the emotional stuff too. Like I, I, I've, I've worked with leaders and church people who was a consistent thing. It wasn't a one-time thing. Um, it was a consistent, um, attacking of their character attacking of their person to the point where they can't trust. And, yeah. and I found that, you know, in ministry, um, for better or for worse, there's people who are going to love you and there's people who are not going to like you at all, you know, just by virtue of your position. Um, and, and sometimes that comes back to their parents, but it also comes back to 
other church leaders they've had. So, so I guess for me, I don't read scripture, for example, and I don't think at any point, like God looks at Israel and says, man, stop being victims, right? Like they were being oppressed and they were being hurt. And I think part of our job is to be a home in a hospital. And I think it's really hard Mm -hmm. to be a home in a hospital if we're not willing to accept hurts. Um, and And I also, I think we have to be careful, at least for me, I have to be careful with saying that like, oh, it's just the people and blah, blah, blah. Cause we're more than a people, we're God's people. So to me, that's a higher standard. Like if I just say we're people and people hurt each other, like, I mean, that doesn't mean anything, but like if we're truly followers of Jesus, you know, and we're not following Jesus mm-hmm. or we're using the name of Jesus to take advantage of other people, you know? So Jenny, I'm glad you're strong. But for me, like I have like vengeance towards some of those people like who did that stuff to you? And I feel like right. it's yeah. okay to, yeah, I think it's okay to, to, to not, and I love that you don't want to burn bridges, but I just think we need to be careful. Like not everyone's going to be that strong one. And two, if we're not admitting some of these hurts and confronting some of these hurts, my fear is that some of these patterns continue and these people keep doing it to other people who aren't as strong all in the name of Jesus, you know? So, yeah. So for me, it's very complicated, but at the end of the day, it's just, where do we side? You know? And I I just, I think there's a lot in church culture, at least that I've been exposed to that seems to side with the powerful and not the victims. Mm -hmm. And I think even that language is just like, I just don't see Jesus doing that. Like, I don't see Jesus being like, I love you, Matthew, you know, but like, can you stop stealing from your people? You know, like yeah, I love you, Zacchaeus, but like four times, brother, four times. With, you know, with that language, I think what I'm referring to more is Jesus Himself. Mm. Jesus did not play a victim, even though he was victimized. Mm-hmm. He didn't go, "Whoa, are you horrible people that crucified me, and I have to go?" Can you? What did you do to me? But he did in Gethsemane. I mean, that, that thought we're we're supposed to be like him. Aren't we supposed to be looking to him as our example and our author and a finisher? So I'm not saying yeah, that people can't actually, I mean, my gosh, I'm certainly, mm-hmm. let me clarify, not saying somebody's been abused. That's why I mentioned that, you mm-hmm. know, someone that's been abused by somebody in the church absolutely needs to get dealt with and absolutely has been victimized. I was victimized. I, you know, I was a victim of sexual abuse. So mm-hmm. I understand that I'm not minimizing that. Yeah. I'm not saying that wasn't his fault. That was his fault. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that was my fault. That's why I said the personal responsibility, there's areas that you can take it. But again, I'm looking to Jesus who was hurt. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what were Jesus's words? Were they, were they vindication on the cross? Was it wrath on the cross? Was it father strike them because they are behaving this way? What did he say, Hank? What did he say, Carolyn? What did he well, say? Yeah, I think said, father forgive them. But I think forgive them for the yeah, right. <laughs> well, But I was going to say, I think Jesus is a good around. example in the sense that before the cross, there was Gethsemane, right? Like, I think yeah, we right. can't skip over Gethsemane. And what happens in Gethsemane? Like, God literally sent him angels to build them up for that moment. That's right. And so for me, like, we're not always, we're not all on the cross in that power at this time. You know, at some point in the story, some of us are still in Gethsemane and be like, okay, God, are you sure? <laughs> you know, if there's any other way, is there any other possible way? And sometimes we have to weep tears of blood. And sometimes God has to send angels to literally strengthen us for that moment. So yeah, I do think Jesus is our example, but I think in Jesus's life, we see time and time again. And Gethsemane is a great example of when he 
again, was just weak and he felt the pain of the moment and the power of everything he was going through. And God sent people alongside of him. I think part of the disappointment in Gethsemane was, come on, guys, y'all can't at least just pray with me or stay up. And, and so I think there's different roles to play for all of us. And depending on what the situation is, you know, like sometimes we do need to tell people to buck up, you know, like right. you got to move on. And I, But I do think sometimes we need to at least be like, we're here for you and we hear you and we, you know, and, and, and because I think what I found is that we as Christians are so good at covering up our hurt that we don't deal with it. We don't process it. And then the sad truth that I've learned in ministry and life is that hurt people hurt people too. And if we don't deal with that, not all of us are strong enough to not re-copy those same negative patterns that we've been in. But I think that, I mean, I think that we almost need to take a situation, talk about the situation, and then because I think this is very broad. Because I think what you're dealing with is you're dealing with human beings, and I do agree with Hank because the Bible says, "To whom much is given, much is required." I think that's part of why the pain is so great. You expect it a little bit from the world. But when right. you walk into the church with a man of God or a woman of God who is standing there talking about Jesus and all oh, his goodness, and then you turn around and feel a stabbing wound in your back, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I think yeah. there's one thing when it comes from your back, it's another thing when it comes from the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that we have to keep that really in perspective. But, you know, I just feel like, in this, I feel like there's people out there who are watching right now, like you're saying, Hank, and that, that have been hurt. And I do think there is some people out there in our pulpits right now. And I've heard Jenny speak about it so much that honestly should not be there. And I want to be very cautious to say that they're not preaching the word of God right now. They are leading people astray. It has me very concerned. Sometimes what is being taught, it's not the word. And I love what Jenny's saying. I mean, we only have Jesus to look to. He, he is it. But, um, you know, I do know that there is a lot of church hurt. There is people out there that, I mean, I, I can tell you, I mean, even personally, I've had some of my greatest wounds have come from inside the church. But I need to say this. My church wounds have been hurt, healed by the church. So as much as I've been hurt so there... Good. So I have also went there to find my healing where God has placed me right now. I have to tell you all something. If you would have told me that this is where I was going to be, I, you know, I'm used to being in front of 10 and 20,000 people, like all of us sharing the word of God. And all of a sudden I go through this great pain in my life where just to be quite frank with you, I understand church hurt. I never wanted to sing again. I never wanted to minister again. So I understand the pain and I didn't mean to go here today. But the pain was so great. I needed to get away and allow the Lord to heal me. Right. And, and that was the thing I had. I couldn't blame it on anybody else. Was that saying what anybody did was right? Nope. Not a single bit. But here's the thing. I love what Jenny said. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And I love how he said that that one day. He says that's the some one of the only times in the Bible that God says it's mine. Don't touch it. And so I've just prayed for those people. And you know what? God has taken care of, but he has put me in this beautiful church with the most sweetest people that they have prayed for me. They have cried with me. They have laughed with me. They have brought meals to me when I didn't even want to eat. Um, 
the church is still a beautiful place and we are his church. And, you know, it's important for us to talk about that too. Well, sure. I mean, and of course we're all believers. So, you know, the church is a sanctuary in a lot of cases for people. I think, you know, in terms of my personal, you know, experience with this, you know, I was, I've been really involved in, in our church life you know, for many, many years. And we had a transition where there was new leadership and it, it was all sort of the, all the work people had done for 12 years was kind of thrown out in the, in the matter of a year and a half. And we were basically told, yeah, thanks, but no, you know, and what I always say to people is, you know, running a church is like a business on steroids because there's this spiritual stake you know, that doesn't exist in business. It's not, you know, you're not, you're my employee and we're doing this. It, there, this is life, people's life, people's giving. So I think that double-edged sword of saying, yes, uh, you can, we have to be mindful of when we're inflicting hurt. But also to Jenny's point, you know, in my case, we had to go away. We searched a while, we looked around. Do we want to go somewhere else? You know, but and I and I did say, God, we do you want us to stay? Do you want us to go? It's really important that 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 happens. Where do you want us? Yeah. So I agree with you in that part. But I and I and I love your Gethsemane example, uh, Hank, because that is the process. I had to go around to the churches. I had to be in counsel with God. I had to feel that process to say, where can I, where do you want me to move forward, God? And that's, I think, to your point, Hank, we, we have to at least acknowledge it so we know that we can then approach other Christians in our communities without projecting our hurt onto someone else, you know, like, because we haven't dealt with that hurt. And that's kind of where I, I'm coming from, because I've certainly felt, you know, as I've taught people coming back into the church, you know, they have hurts that they bring up and they don't want to come back because, you know, Someone said something that was just because we expect that our Christian brothers and sisters have a higher standard. A double-edged sword, like we said, is that they're all fallible. They can all make mistakes. And so don't expect the Christian communities to be perfect, but we all should be striving to have that higher standard. So with all of that said, what do you think the techniques are? We started to talk about them, techniques, methods, sort of processes, how can we, how can people go through that process and really come back to the church, focus on their faith and not necessarily the people that have hurt them in the past, focus on their relationship with Jesus and their faith? Uh, Hank. It's, it's, it's hard for me to give you, uh, first of all, I'm not a doctor, but it's hard for me to give you a prescription without knowing what exactly the disease or which part of the That's disease we're talking about. But generally speaking, I have found that, and I think what Carolyn was saying is beautiful, right? Like I think that one remedy we have is the church, you know, as uniquely as the church is equipped to maybe hurt you, it's even more equipped to help mm -hmm. you and to heal you. So yeah, so I would say one, to be, be gracious, you know, I think be loving, um, being willing to listen, I think I found that for a lot of people, it's not so much. So one of the things that was really helpful for me in this is I feel no desire to defend the church. Like, I don't think that's my job. Like, I feel like God's got it. You know, he can handle that. Like, I don't think it's my job to be like, the church is perfect. Or like, I don't, I just don't have any inkling in that. But what I do think it's my job is to maybe just listen and to hear and to, and then to express that your concerns are legit 
Um, and then after we receive that, then we map out a point going forward. For some people, it's, you know, counseling. You know, some people it's spiritual, like discipleship, like actually walking with a spiritual counselor to be able to, to talk about the, the, the darkness or the depths spiritually that you're in. For some people, it's finding a good therapist because it's not necessarily an issue with the church. It might be authority or some other stuff. You know, so there's there's all sorts of different avenues you can go. But I would say short term is we need to listen. We need to like give space um, and we need to stop thinking it's our job to defend other people um, in that sense. You know, like I get it. All of us have different perspectives and understandings, but sometimes we just got to listen, you know, we just got to listen and let people know that they're loved. You know, it sounds very simple, but I think a lot of people I run in, um, that's the two things they remember. They don't remember our exact game plan. They don't remember what all we came up with, but they know that they were listened and they know that they were loved. And I think if we're all willing to at least do that as baseline, then God can work through anything. One of the things I always tell people is there's nothing you've gone through that God hasn't healed. Nothing. There's literally nothing you can go through that God's like, ooh, this one's new. Carolyn, I thought I had done this before, but this is solely new. You know, like there's nothing. There's nothing we can bring before like, Jenny, I love you, but this is this is way past me. You know, I just can't do it. You know, like, so I think we need to rest in the spirit and rest in knowing God can do it. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, can we make space for people to be listened to? And, and can we make sure they're loved? Well, you know, it just as soon as you said it, the scripture it came to me and I actually looked it up while I was speaking is Matthew 18, 15. I just feel like God lays it out for us. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and confront him in private. Right. And if that doesn't work, you're to take somebody with you. And I think God lays it out for us. But so many times what we do is we go and try to get our friends all for us and we go start backbiting and and, and uh, gossiping. And before you know it, we've blown something up that if we would have just went and dealt with it. It's like with me and my husband fight, I don't yeah. want to go tell everybody else because I'm going to be over it tomorrow. You may not be. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like God is telling us if you've got a problem or if you are offended, you need to go to your brother in private. Don't try to embarrass him. Give him a chance to make it right. I think I think that's our problem anymore. We go into people always assuming the worst. Right. And I think that we have to start going into people assuming the best. Now, if you prove me wrong, shame on you. But yeah, yeah. where would I lose in assuming? I'm going to give you the chance here. I might just gain a great relationship. So I think God lays it out for us in 1815. Again, I'm not talking about race. I'm not talking about molestation. Yeah. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about somebody being offended because somebody said something about a song choice. And this is the yeah. society we have yeah. This is the society we have. I tried to make this statement before, and I, I don't know if maybe you just didn't want me to say it because, you know, I was trying very hard to say what Jesus' last words were. And his last words were, forgive them. They know not what they do. Now, you can say he was stronger than the rest of us. We don't have that same ability. But come on, let's just throw out the Bible then, because the Bible says, Hebrews 12, 2, look to Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He didn't want it. He didn't like it. He didn't just blaze through, breeze through it because he had angels helping him out. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand uh, at the throne of God. Hebrews 4.15 says, we do not have a high priest that is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. 
But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now, if I don't portray that as an example to people, when they're going through crisis, when they're going through struggles, what kind of pastor am I if I don't acknowledge, listen, he has been, he has faced everything you are experiencing right now. That means including the weakness. And if the Holy Spirit can empower him to, 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 to say, forgive them for they know not what they do, to send love, to send, you know, to, to be able to love somebody despite, to be able to love Peter, despite the fact that Peter rejected him and the people rejected him. I know it's hard, but to me, that is the author. That is the finisher of my faith. I may fall short, but if I don't strive to this, if I don't encourage the people in our church to strive for this, this is the ultimate goal. This is what we should be going for, not going, oh yes, it was terrible what everybody did to you. You should be mad. We need to tell people that there is that there's something greater living inside of them. The giant in, you know, in front of them has nothing on the giant that's inside of them. And that's just the way I live. Again, I told you, it doesn't mean I'm right. It's just the way that I feel. And so I feel encouraging people to constantly go back to Jesus's words and saying, there's nothing he's gone through that you're going through that he didn't go through. And if he can be strengthened, so can you. Well, you know, I'd love to us talk a little bit about what are some of the signs that people can look for when they are going into a church that it maybe isn't a healthy place for them to be. Because so many people are brand new Christians. They don't know. And so what are some of the signs that maybe they should say, hey, maybe this, this isn't good? Because so many times, I mean, I've got friends, they've, 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 been taken for a lot of time. They've they've they put a lot of time into a place and had no time for their families. They've had money. They've given everything they've had. I mean, come on. There's things there that we can say. Listen, you need to look at that and go ding ding ding. There's some red bells going off, right? So I think that we should talk about that just a little bit, so people who are watching can say not every church is perfect, and that you don't have to walk in there going. You know, I just have to take everything at the face. You're allowed to test, right, the fruit of the tree. Mm-hmm. Just because I think that's the answer right there. <laughs> you test what? the fruit. Right. And you're saying that. Look at the fruit. Look at the people. Look at the if fruit. If somebody wants to grab you and gossip with you day one, take oh, let's take you to lunch. And they start talking about the pastor or somebody else in the church. That should be oh, sign number one. You know what? Yeah. I think I'll look somewhere else. <laughs> Doesn't matter right. what the pastor's word is. But I, I think also you want to you wanna look for a grace-based church, you know, like Jesus said, you know, Father, forgive them. But I think sometimes we as Christians are really bad at forgiving um, and, and, and how we set up our church sometimes reflects that. Like if people don't feel like if you walk in and you don't feel like you can be yourself here, to me, that's a red flag. Um, and, and it, it depends. All right. So I'm not saying like if I walked in, I'm just like church is stupid. I don't believe in God. Like, maybe you won't feel at home in my church. You know, you might, but you might not, right? But I'm just saying, like, if you just walk in with your family and after one service, you're just like, I just don't see us here. You know, now you might need to explore that and blah, blah, blah. But I just think sometimes you need to trust that feeling. But is this a place where you can grow? Um, And then the job of the church is to equip and empower. Like, we're not meant to just be building up pews, right? Like, God wants us in the streets and building the kingdom. So is this a place where wherever your gift is, it can be used and it can be nurtured and it can be sent out, right? So I think those are some other things to look for. Uh, if you come in with hurt, like, is this a place that they can bring healing? Or are there people that you can connect with, right? Like, And again, it depends 
whatever you need. You might need a pastor like Jenny. You might need a pastor like Hank. Who knows? But like, you need to be in a situation where like you can get true healing because I am a huge proponent that if people, no matter what the hurt is, no matter how big or small I think it is, if people don't get healing, um, it limits what God wants to do through them. So that giant can be beasting inside of them waiting to come out. And I want to be in a place where if I mess up, it doesn't sever a relationship and it doesn't cut me off. It doesn't cancel me. It's instead my sister saying, hey, you messed up, get it together. You know, I love that Matthew um, 18 passage is one of the ones I use for conflict all the time. And I always like to remind people, we skip that passage, but when we gather, we say, isn't it good where two or three are gathered, the Lord's there in the midst? No, God's there always. Like that's not the genius of that verse. The genius is that verse is actually in the middle of conflict. Like if the four of us are having a church service, we're like, isn't it good God is here? Like, that's weird. Like, like he should be there because he's God. And he's always there. And it's church. Like we're actually focusing on him being there. Right. Um, but I think the reminder is when we have conflict, their God is in the midst. And to me, that's way more terrifying. Again, if the four of us are worshiping the Lord, it's not that big of a deal that he's there for me. But like if the two of us are arguing and God's there in the midst, that changes a lot more. Yeah, I mean, I think the part of bringing up this topic today was really, I agree with Jenny wholeheartedly in saying that we should not be living with offense. We are called to not be living with offense. But I, I also think that it can be a process to people. And I have taught and, and I have counseled and I have worked with people where it is clear that there is a herd blocking you know, them going to that next level of faith and that it, it, they can't grow, you know, because they haven't dealt with this. And so they just can't see it because they haven't dealt with this. So that's where I was coming from today in bringing this up is that really just, you have to go through that Gethsemane process of really just acknowledging it, seeing it and, and, and not dwelling in it forever, but you have to, you have to acknowledge it in order to grow in that faith. Um, any final thoughts before I close out today, guys? I think it was, I, it wasn't what I expected, but I think it was awesome. I think because I think there's a lot of hurt that there's also a lot of healing in the church. And I think we've covered that whole spectrum of how it can be the most wonderful, enriching place, but it's also full of fallible people. So make sure you go into a church, not expecting that everyone is going to be the walking on air because you're going to be disappointed. However, hopefully you'll be in a grace-based church where everyone is striving to live like Jesus and follow that example that we've mentioned, those examples so, so uh, throughout the Bible. We thank you so much for joining us today. And we want to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, please send them to us. We'd love to pray for you on the show and in our private time as well. Uh, we want to pray that God heals all of your hurts and that you can go to that deeper level of faith and really make some dynamic churches out there that are changing the world. We'll see you next time on The Full Life.